0: Amen, praise the Lord, God's good, isn't he? Amen, I'm telling you, it's, it's gonna be a good thing. Oh, Brother Randy, I, I know that he was thinking for us, us men when he, he did it on Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. My wife said I still gotta do something with her those Sundays, so didn't get out of it too much, amen. Amen, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. It's a good life living for the Lord. And I ain't, I ain't said nothing in a while, but I, I want to tell you a little, uh, little joke. Uh, I got away from it for a little bit because I didn't want to bore you guys to death and, and stuff like that. But I'll, I'll read you one tonight. There was three preachers, a Calvinist, a Numerianian, and a Word of Faith preacher. And they all died and ended up in the lake of fire. The Calvinist said, thought I was saved, but guess I wasn't. And then the Amranium said, I was saved, but I guess I lost it. And the word of faith guy said, it ain't hot and I'm not here. (laughs) It's good to have faith, right? (laughs) It's good to have faith. Turn your Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 14. Uh, and I want to speak just a few minutes. I know this is prayer, prayer night and, and we want to pray and, and give God plenty of time to, uh, for his will to be done in our lives. But man, I, I truly believe in the power of prayer. And I think prayer is what changes the onset of things. And I think prayer is what changes our lives as well. Because it builds us up in something and uh, builds us up in our whole most holy faith and, and serving God and, and trusting him. I really believe that God's word is true. I believe, it, I believe it's infallible. I believe it's unchangeable. I believe that Jesus spoke it. And if he spoke it, then I believe that it will come to pass. And I believe that his word cannot lie. And I believe that what he's, he proclaims in his word and says, it's one thing if I say something, but it's another thing when Jesus says it. And uh, so I want to speak tonight. I've been, I've been on this thing for, man, I don't know. It's been quite a while now about, uh, there's just something about water and, and Jesus and the disciples and things that's going on in their lives that I've been on this, this deal about Jesus in the boat and the disciples are sleeping and there uh, begins to be a storm brewing and they're getting panicky and somehow Jesus is down in the boat somewhere. And I don't know, I, I've tried to look at different things and I've seen uh, pictures of different fishing boats and different things that they had back then uh, but I, 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 I don't I've not really seen one that had stairs where you could go down in it and kind of like be in the bow of it where you know, they got bunks and stuff. I'm not saying they don't, but anyways, I've been really, God has really just fixed me on uh, the water and the the boats and then this account in Matthew chapter 14, where uh, the disciples was all in the boat and things begin to transpire and happen, and we'll get to that. But there's something about storms that comes our way. I was, I was, I don't know about you the other night, I don't know why I was, I was, I was up in the middle of the night the other night when uh, the storms was coming through, you know, and, and they was saying, you know, there's a tornado that's on the south side of Elsinore, and I was thinking praise the Lord I'm on the north side about six miles before you get in there but for some reason I I got up you know to check on Briley and make sure she wasn't scared and and stuff and uh, I told my wife I said man I, I've this this thing is troubling me but anyways I got up and man the wind was howling and we got these big old trees in one big old tree in our backyard and and uh Man, the wind was just blowing and whipping that, you know, that tree was just bending and waving. It's a big old solid tree too, but I mean, the wind was giving it everything it had. And that old thing would just whistle and howl. And I thought, man, I can only imagine the disciples being in a boat and the waves are just so boisterous and so powerful that they are doing everything they can the row and trying to get to the other side of the lake and they're not really getting anywhere. And they're not really going anywhere. And so let me just read the the text and we'll get into uh, some more in just a minute. But in in St. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it said, Immediately Jesus made his disciples... Get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he Jesus went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening was come, or came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, by for the winds was contrary. Now it was the fourth watch of the night. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. And he cried out and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, or was saying, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered himself, I mean, answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the winds was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said unto him, O ye of little faith, Why did you doubt? I got thinking about this and I'll just throw this in there, but you know, there, you know, Peter was always the one that was the boisterous one. He, he always spoke out of turn. He always said things and he always acted ways that none of the other disciples really acted, you know. He was just kind of a big mouth and I'll do this, Lord, I'll do that, you know. And Jesus was constantly, you'll find that Jesus was always rebuking Peter and saying, Peter, man, listen, man, you're losing it. But here Peter is and hey, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Now I was thinking, I know that faith moves God and I know that God operates by our faith. But I thought, Lord, is it different when somebody just says to you, Lord, bid me to come, and you say come? Is that still walking in faith, which Jesus ended up telling him, oh, ye, why ye doubt, oh, ye of little faith? But I thought that was interesting. There's a difference, I think, in faith and then Jesus saying come. Because Peter just simply, and then I thought about this. Well, there was Levin still in the boat, and he was the only one that come out of the boat. So he must have had some type of faith. But it, 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 it just is it something that's fascinating to me here. In verse 22, it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and to go into the other side. They were told or they was compelled to get into the boat and to go to the other side. And so I read different commentaries and some of them say that, that, that there was reasons that sometimes or somebody in the 12 or of the 12 or all the 12, some of them must have had some kind of uh, not so much of a desire to get in the boat. Because it said that Jesus had to kind of constrain them or kind of push them to get them to get into the boat. Then I got to thinking, well, you know, Peter and them's fishermen, and so they might have knew that there was a storm brewing, and they might have knew that maybe the waters are going to get a little bit rough, and Lord, I don't know if we should do this. But nevertheless, whatever the situation was, they decided to get into the boat and to go on the other side. And I thought to myself, you know, at least they was willing to go. And it talked about how Jesus began to uh, 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 go up into the mountain there and that he began to pray and he began to uh, seek his father and begin to probably no doubt have fellowship and communion with him and just get a little bit stronger in himself by talking to the father. And And he began to uh, look out across the ocean or the sea there. And he seen the boat that was out there and he seen that the disciples was there and that they were struggling and that they was having problems and that they was just trying to take them oars and trying to just get, do everything they can to get to the other side. One guy said, you know, if they would have just let go, they could have come back to where they was, but there had to be something in them that constrained them to just keep going ahead. So I don't know what was the really uh, deal there, but I know that they was trying to obey God. And then... Then all of a sudden when Jesus, I guess he got to thinking about it and and, uh, he got to talking about it to himself and to the Father. And I don't know the conversation, but I'm sure that he he, he probably told God, he said, listen, my boys are in trouble. I need to go check on them and make sure that they're going to be okay. I don't know what kind of uh, uh, talk that he had, but I know that there's something powerful in the name of Jesus. I know there's something powerful when Jesus is walking by your way. I know there's something powerful when we get together with Jesus. And I got to think that I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit lives in me. And I got to think that I'm so glad that I'm not so far away from Jesus that he can't see me. And that no matter where I'm at that he's got his eye upon me. I don't know how far he was up on that mountain but he could see down. And he could see the the boat being tossed by the waves. And he could see it being boisterous. Now he knows that they're okay, but they didn't know that. There's something about that. He knew they was going to be okay. But they didn't know they was going to be okay. They wasn't for sure what was going to happen. And aren't you glad that God's word is powerful tonight? God is looking for men and women that will trust him. He's looking for us to show ourselves mighty before God. You know what? You know one of the things that just flabbergasted Jesus? One of the things that, if I can use our terminology, that blowed his mind? You remember in the book of uh, Mark chapter 6, I think somewhere around verse 48... You remember when the centurion said, you know, Lord, there's somebody that's pro- having problems at my house and they're not doing well at all. And, and uh, you know, if you'll just uh, uh, speak your word, they'll be okay. And Jesus said, well, hey, man, I'll just come and we'll, just, we'll take care of this thing. He said, no, man, I'm one in authority. I say to do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. He said, I'll do all this. He said, if you'll just speak the word. And Jesus was marveled at the guy's faith. He said, I'm not sat found so great of faith in Israel. Now, it's powerful when Jesus says that. Now, Jesus must have knew that this guy really believed that God could do it. He must have really believed that he knew Jesus could do it. And he was, he was so amazed, if I could say it, that this guy didn't need him to come to his house. He said, Lord, if you'll just speak the word. Church, I'm telling you, there's power in our words tonight. Ah, listen to me. I said there's power in our words. Man, we could speak life or death. I believe there's power in our words that we speak tonight. Jesus said, wow, what great faith. It's the power of God's word. It's the power of God's word. He told Satan, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Woo! That hair let the devil that day. (laughs) Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word. The word was made flesh and he dwelt among us. Now he lives in us. There's something powerful about the words that we speak. Peter said, bid me to come. It's you, Lord. If it's really you, bid me to come. See, there's power in the words. If you're going to ever walk on the water, we got to get out of the boat. If we're ever going to walk out of the water tonight, I mean, if we're ever going to walk on water for Jesus... Somebody's got to get out of the boat. And if not you, who? And I'm telling you, Jesus is looking for some water walkers tonight. He's looking for somebody that will just trust him that he'll make them be okay if they do walk on the water. You hear the word of God. And he says, step out by faith. See, these disciples just simply did what the master said. They said, He said, go to the other side and I'll meet you. And he, they simply did what he asked them to do. He, they just obeyed him and said, nevertheless, Lord, that's your word. We're going. We're going to do it. Some of them hesitated. Some of them thought, no, I don't think it's a good idea. But nevertheless, they went ahead and done it. They walked on out on the boat and they started paddling out in the middle of the sea Now some, I've read a couple scholars and don't hold me to this, but somebody said it's only a two or three hour trip over there from one side to the other side. Somebody said, well, it took about nine hours for them to get there when it only normally would take two or three hours. I'm not sure I didn't really check all of that, but, but I do know they was delayed because of the storm that was brewing. I know that they was delayed because of what was going on, but nevertheless, they obeyed God See, I believe sometimes Jesus tells us to do things and we're hesitant to go because we don't really know what's going to happen in between here and there. We kind of got our antennas up and we're not sure about it. And we don't know really, you know, then we get out there, then things happen and we're thinking, man, I knew, I told the Lord I didn't want to go. Can you imagine disciples said, I knew it. I knew that we'd get out here and we'd be in this mess. And oh my gosh, I think the Lord missed it. Then we go to do things for Jesus and we feel like the Lord has told us to do it and obey him and, and okay, God, I'm going to do it. And about halfway through it, we get to a place. Sometimes we either question ourselves, or we question Jesus Just because God tells us to do something doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Just because Jesus said do it doesn't mean it's going to be a bed of roses, does it? Doesn't mean that, oh, you know, a lot of times we think that if God tells us to do it, then he's going to open doors that no man can shut and he's he's just going to push doors open. But sometimes there's obstacles that we got to fight through. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game true. Amen. Sometimes there's battles that we've got to fight to get our victory tonight. Sometimes there's things that we just got to push our way through in order to make it to the other side. Don't let the wind in your life stop you from walking on water. Don't let the things of the world surround you and hinder you and stop you and your focus gets on everything else but Jesus. See, I believe that truly that Jesus is looking for us all to be water walkers, I believe that God wants us to walk on water. And can you imagine that night that it's, the winds are blowing? I don't know if it's raining. Truthfully, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 a. It doesn't really say that it was storming. It just said the winds was contrary and all the things was happening. I've been on a boat before where the winds was really pretty heavy, and. Blowing and trying to roll myself back to shore—it's not always easy. So when they're out there in the middle, and this is a this this particular sea is not the best sea to travel on all the time, anyways. So I don't know how bad it is, but can you imagine? You're scared. You're out there. You're already afraid. You're nervous about the situation. You begin to question yourself. Well, I don't know if I should have done it or not. Then all of a sudden, you're looking out through all the mist and all the things that's going on, and you see something walking on the water. I don't think I'm looking for Jesus at that moment. I'm like them. Man, I, I think that might be a ghost. It ain't no well. I can imagine how they would get nervous and scared and all upset. But then Jesus yells out to them It is I. Be not afraid. Oh, shucks, Lord, if that's really you, you bid me to come, Peter said. Said, come, Peter. Now, I thought it was ironic, too, that Matthew's the only one, out of uh, Luke and John, Matthew's the only one that really recorded Peter walking on the water. And I would think such a great event as that is that all of them would have said something about it. But all I found was that Matthew said something about it. I can tell you what Mark said about it. Mark said in six, Mark, uh, Mark, chapter six, excuse me. He's talking to uh, scripture there said, Jesus would have passed them up. Yeah. If they didn't cry out, Jesus was just going to say, do, 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 do. I'd say, Hey Jesus, what you think you're doing? Get back here. But he would have passed them up. Now, he probably would have went on to the other side. And he would have made sure they got to the other side. But, boy, it's a lot easier when you call upon that name that's above every name. It's a whole lot easier to uh, be able to make it through things in life when you just begin to call out on Jesus' name. And I don't know tonight, church. It doesn't matter what you're facing in life. And it doesn't matter how big your storm is. Jesus is just a voice away. He's just simply waiting for us to call on him. And as the disciples seen him, thank God that Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And all of a sudden, we find history had been made this day. I've never in my life heard of anybody. We can see Jesus walking on the water, But I've never heard of anybody ever walking on water. And now historically, Peter comes along and begins to walk on water. And he makes it almost all the way to Jesus before the waves begin to pop up and begin to distract him. Don't let nothing distract you in life. Keep our eyes upon Jesus. Don't let the things in this world begin to get our minds focused on everything else that we take our eyes off of him. Because see, in this 21st century, Jesus is looking for water walkers. He's looking for somebody that will trust him in everything that he says for us to do. Jesus said that we can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even that we think. There's power. The Bible said that we're snared by the words of our mouth. I believe if we speak it and we believe it, that Jesus said it, that we can do it tonight, church. I believe there's no weapon formed against you that could even begin to prosper. Because I believe there's power in the name of Jesus. I believe there's power in that name that's above every name. I believe that you could speak the word of God and you could boldly proclaim the word of God and I believe that you could stand up on the word of God and I believe the word of God would see us through tonight. I believe that if we begin to stand out and step up Uh, and begin to proclaim that Jesus is Lord of all and that he's the king of kings, I guarantee you people will come in from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west because there's something about when you lift up the name of Jesus, he said, I'll simply draw all men unto me. There's power in his name. There's power in, in walking on the water. Listen, I'm a tongue talker. And I want to be a water walker. I want to simply do what Jesus tells us to do. In this 21st century, God's got something, especially the 21st century, God's got something ordained for us to do. I was called while I was in my mother's womb. You were called. While you was in your mother's womb. He knew you. He knows your every hair on your head. He knows the calling that's on your life. He knows the purpose and the plan that he has for you to live in this 21st century. And thank God that we're able to be a part of what God is doing in the last day. We're not here by coincidence. We're not here by accident. We're not here just simply to be here to fill a space. But we're here to move and to shake the kingdoms of this earth will pass but Jesus said my word will always stay true tonight and so can I tell you tonight church that God's got a plan for you and as Peter stepped out of the boat and said listen nobody else is going to do it I'm going to do it nobody else is going to lift up the name of Jesus then I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus we can either be like the leaven and set in the boat or we can be like the one 8% of them I think it's 8%, stayed in the boat. And so God is simply telling us tonight, whether he constrains us, whether he he pushes us, whether he prompts us, whether he nudges us, whether he tags us, he's trying to get our attention. And said, listen, It ain't over until I say it's over. He's not done with you. He's not done with your life. You've only just begun. You have a plan. He has a plan for you. He's got a purpose for your life. He didn't merely just put you here to populate the world. He put you here because he loves you. He put me here because he loved me and said, if you'll listen to me and you'll be obedient, I'll take you places you've never been before. I said this before and I'll say it again. My brother-in-law, when I first got saved a couple days back, my brother-in-law, James, we we've hung around together all of our life and, and, uh, he, uh, he got saved first, then he he, he just had a... Uh, I don't, man, God just used him. He's my brother-in-law. He got saved, then my sister got saved, and his family, his mom and dad and brothers and sister got saved, and then our side started getting saved, and God just used him miraculously to save a bunch of people within a matter of a few months. And I was... I was one of the last that got saved, and and uh, matter of fact, you know, he was the one that I call o ye of Little Faith." I was dating this girl at one time, and he, she said, "Is he ever going to change? Is he ever going to stop doing what he's doing?" And and you know, James is a young Christian guy. He just got saved, and he, he's on fire for the Lord. And he said, "You know," he said, "If I was you, I'd just leave on Mike. He ain't never going to change." I thought, I, I thought, man, he just throwed me under the bus. <laughs> Told this girl I was day and get rid of him. He ain't no good. And the guy did the same thing I just was doing. He was worse than me at times. But yet I'm no good now and he's saved so he's better. Well, it wasn't but about a month or two later I got saved and gave my life to the Lord and It wasn't, but a couple months after that, I, uh, I, uh, I got called to preach and I was, we went to a church in Baden, Missouri years ago and I was preaching a young people's rally and you know, I was up there just preaching Matthew 24, didn't know what I was preaching back then, but it sounded good. (laughs) And he'd come up afterwards and he said, man, it has to be the Lord to save you because you ain't that smart. <laughs> Bible, <laughs> Bible, a lot of, lot of men in the Bible looked at the disciples and perceived that they was ignorant and unlearned, but they perceived that they had been with Jesus. And there's something about when you've been with Jesus that he changes things. And what you used to be, you no longer are. Because he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how old we are in the Lord. It doesn't matter how long we've been saved. It never changes. He's still looking for people to walk on water. I don't know about you, but us men, and I know the ladies, phenomenal, pray. And we talk about our prayer time all the time. But I don't, I don't come to church on Mondays and pray just to do it. It takes sacrifice. It's hard sometimes. There's times i want to call Brother Miller and say, man, you know what? I want to go home and work on my car. Or I'm just being honest. Or I'm tired. <laughs> you know. But I do it because I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that we serve a powerful God. And I do it because I believe that God wants things to happen in this church. We don't do it. It's not I or it's not you that lives, but it's Christ that lives within you. This is about his kingdom. It's about what he's got planned here on earth. Sister Jenny said something months and years ago, a couple years ago, probably. She got up and her Brother Miller and they read, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And man, one thing I've caught with that thing is I want your will on earth as it is in heaven. I want your kingdom on earth to be the kingdom in heaven. I want it to line up to your will, God. And ever since she's done that, me and my wife pray that prayer. Got Briley praying the prayer. But we want God's kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a purpose and a plan for me. He's got a plan for this church. Not just to have a few hundred people. But to reach the unreached and touch the untouched. And do the unthinkable tonight. So when I speak, I speak that to myself. That God's looking for men and women that will just simply begin to walk on water for him. I don't know what your water is to walk on. But you know. And if you don't know, find out. Everybody's water is different. But I know that we got a job to do. And I know that God's got a purpose for your lives. Whew, man, that, that, that'll make the devil mad. Knowing that God's got something specifically for you a purpose and a plan in your life. It's all about Him tonight, it's about His will be done. Lord, let your will be done in my life for your kingdom. I believe what we bind together, we can loose together. I believe where two of us are in his midst, he's doing something tonight. I believe where two or three of us are gathering his name, he's here. I believe that if we both, two or three of us, bind together about a certain situation, God moves every mountain that needs to be moved. Because there's power in prayer tonight. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Peter, come and Peter just simply stepped off the side of the boat and started walking to Jesus can I tell you tonight that God just simply says to you come you come and then God will do the rest when you step out when you walk I remember that first night I walked down here to that altar and I began to pray not this altar but I walked down an altar something like this I remember as soon as I started walking, Jesus took over. And see, all he says is, if you will, I will. That's simple. Let me take over. Let me take care. Let me, whatever struggles, whatever problems, whatever situations that you have, I'm your man. Would you stand with me tonight?